0: So, if I ever, if I ever learned anything in a preaching class in the seminary, it's that the most dangerous thing is a preacher with a scattered brain. You know, like you, you need to focus when it comes time to declare the word of God. You know, you have one thing, one word, one voice for that moment. And I, I think um, suffering from like scrambled egg brain. You know, I, I'm sitting there in the midst of worship. Part of me's weeping. And part of me is thinking, where did I put the screws to that TV mount that I've got to, you know. And so I'm going to try not to, uh, I, I just don't have a ton of things that that, that I want. There, I have a ton of things I want to say. I have a ton of things that probably don't need to be said in in one service. And I told Brian, we talked about this a lot, that the last thing in the world I want to do today is sit up here and do kind of a, let's just talk about me, and then I get done and go, that's enough about me. What do you all want to say about me? You know, I, I don't want the focus to be uh, on us, even though I get the fact that that's a ridiculous thing to say. It's a sending service, and, I mean, I, 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 we are thankful we receive that. But somehow I don't want that just to be the, the entire focus of our, our being here. So one of the reasons that I, I, when Brian and I talked, I said, you know, I really think we should be up here together is I think one of the, the most significant messages that I want to leave the church with that's part of our leaving or sending but also our coming back is continuity. The, the, the mission, the vision, the heart of this church, is, you know, is unchanged. And the reason I have so much confidence in that is because of Brian and Carrie and what they what they carry within them and have carried since the beginning of this church, they were you know i I, I can tell you the location of the pizza hut I sat in in uh, you know I can't remember the name of the town Madison, I think it was it, you know having having walk we left a conference, a friend of mine to get away because we just were bored with it to go have a chance to just talk, and as we were talking, he said, hey, you know, what are you doing about a worship leader? I was like, I don't know, I'm really looking for somebody, you know, I really like somebody on the younger side. He said, I think I might have the guy for you. and um, He's a
1: pain in the butt, though. <laughs> I thought you were telling a story about me that involved Pizza Hut, and I was like, this isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not- it all might be true He you said, though. He might have
0: said that. <laughs> Your relationship with him was, he said, actually, the best thing about him is, is the woman he's about to marry. And if you can get her to come along board as well, you'd be really, you'd be, you'd be golden. <laughs> and bizarrely, Carrie and I had a joke from the very beginning of, because uh, when Carrie came on board, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Brian, you're going to be the worship leader. I didn't realize all the gifts that he had beyond that. And I said, you know, you sing songs on Sunday and then get people to sing with you. And he's like, great, what do we do the other 39 hours of the week or that I'm supposed to be working. And so we'll figure that out. And and I had no idea how immensely gifted Brian was beyond that and what he would do and how much he'd offer to the church. But with Carrie coming on board, I I said, Hey, I want to hire you both so that you don't have to go and do something else. And I knew Carrie had all these gifts to offer the church, but we didn't really have any way to apply them yet. We didn't have any people or anything to do. I knew she wasn't like a secretary. And so we were going to this conference, and Carrie was going with me, and, I, and she said, what should I, what's my job? What should I tell people? And I said, tell them you're the spiritual pulse monitor. <laughs> and she was like, what does that mean? I was like, you know, you kind of like, you, you just constantly are monitoring how things are going in the life of the church. You're kind of the, spirit, you know, you're the, the spiritual pulse. And she's like, that's just weird enough it might work. And so she did this. We were at this conference, and people would go, oh, okay, Great. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's really, wow, you, we're going to have to get a spiritual pulse monitor in our church. We never thought to be that spiritual. And so the fact of the matter, though, is is that Carrie is exactly that. She is a spiritual pulse monitor. And, and one of the reasons that I think Carol and I were able to, our hearts are filled with confidence is because of the combination of Brian and Carrie. And so one of the things that was really important for me to communicate being up here is, I mean, I feel a lot of emotions. I feel profoundly sad. And I have any time in my life where we 've had to let go of something, even to go on to something that's really good and really obedient, there's death involved in letting go, and so i've felt very, very sad over the you know the last uh, months, and as we get closer and closer to this day even I would even say profoundly sad, you know like wow, there's so much uh, loss, but I feel like it's like unto reading a story have you ever read a i don't know how many of you read and really like to read stories the best classic novels grip you from the beginning. Like in the first couple of pages, they've got you. And if you've ever read something really good, like I think the Chronicles of Narnia is that way, where it just gets you right away. And it's like, man, I'm not even sure I understand all these words, but somehow I'm gripped by the story. And you get to the end of the first chapter, and you're almost sad the chapter's ending because it's so good. But then you have this awareness that you go, wait, it's it's just the end of the first chapter. Like the story isn't over. And that's very much how I feel about where we are is that there's a sadness because this phase of this season, this part of the story is ending, but the next chapter that's already starting is good. And we're brimming with joy and confidence in in what we've already seen. I think that Brian and Carrie are the leaders for this time in the life of this church, along with the way that God is raising up uh, leaders around them. And that, to me, is... Uh, one of the signs of the season. I can tell you, for the last several years, five years, maybe plus, we've talked about the idea of, of transitioning. And if people could be could have been privy to a lot of the conversations they had that we had, they wouldn't probably. It, it's a, it was quite a process to get here, right? Yeah, that's
1: I, good. I mean, <laughs> I was getting worried there in the middle.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, there there were days where I was saying I said no at first, I'm like, no, and second, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and third. <laughs> Um, because jokes on me, I think th- would you agree that, it's not working with me, really. would you agree that part of the challenge that you had was seeing yourself in a role that you'd never, I mean,
1: yeah, it's, 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 you know, you, you don't get to tell God what you're going to do. And so I had a thing thought out for myself and this wasn't on that list. So Jeff was like, Hey, I really think God wants you to do this. And it like, sounds like you want me to do it, but I don't think yes. I want to do it. <laughs> and so it took a while.
0: Right, Brian. I don't know why I'm, t- I'm going to tell people this, but it just—I it just, it, it, was reminded of this when you, you know we sang that very first song I sang this morning. That you're like, wait, what is this song? That's actually that may be my favorite. It's certainly one of my very favorite songs that Brian has written. You know, Brian has written like a whole library of songs, and um, uh, we joke because Spotify, I, by the way, the the uh, I think your most downloaded and your most. Use thing as your music for prayer by like a guy in yeah, Australia <laughs> a lot, yeah. but that song that he sang is a is an incredible song in my mind, but uh, uh, Brian, I, I still remember a picture that, that I saw of him on the internet, this is in the early days of the internet when college kids knew how to use it before anybody else did, and their campus ministry had this cool profile of all the people in the ministry and there was this picture of Brian iconic picture of Brian uh, at the piano where he's kind of up on his feet and it looks like he's get, you're going to push the piano over and his face is red. You know, you've seen him in these moments, right, he, And it said something like, I, I can't remember what the what the words were, like most likely to be famous or something like that, you know, it, it, because of, because they, they called him like Brian Wonder because the way he would like lead worship, you Wait, know. Is
1: half of this made up right now? No, this is all okay. true.
0: You don't remember this?
1: No, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. I absolutely remember this because I was you remember like. remember any of that?
0: Yeah. Do you remember it? No, I, I, I believe you. The reason I remember it is because the guy that told us about him, Vance, was like, look, man, this guy, You go look at the website. He's like, this, the problem with this guy is you're not probably going to be able to hold on to him. Uh, and so it, it's funny to me because a lot of the similar things have been prophesied in my life, and then you find yourself running side by side for you know better part of 20 years, and you're asking the Lord throughout that process, how are you doing this? You know, how is this, that? Um, and, and so, uh, at any rate, I don't know. That's, I told you my mind's scattered. One thing I wanted to do was to express real confidence and joy in what I see is the, the, the continuous redemptive threat of the Lord from Genesis to Revelation. And we get tied into it at this little place that started, you know, in, really in 2002 or 2001, but, you know, we moved here in June of 2003 with nobody and didn't know anyone, literally didn't know a person. There's not a person in this room that we knew when we moved here. And so the second thing that's important for me to say is I want to just take a moment to, to acknowledge a lot of people, but the, I want to start with my own family. Um, and to Carol and to Will and Bailey and Sam and Andrew, Josue and Haley, of course, are grafted into this now, but to Carol and our four children in particular, um, I've never really tried to make them the object of my preaching. Like, I never tried to do illustrations that involve them a lot unless I had their permission or unless it was positive. You know, because you're like, well, last night I was scolding my child for not doing this, or, you know, you don't, and that's like God. You know, you, you, I didn't want to do that to them. but I. So you kind of keep them out of it as much as you can. But I want to just say this, and they're not asking for this. They have no idea I'm going to say this. But I want to tell you that there's a real cost to kids in ministry. Uh, and there's particularly a real cost in church planting. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning about when we moved up here. Uh, actually, before we moved up here, I had to come up here with Will to – He'd finished sixth grade and we had to come up to register for Orange Park Junior High. And he was in a tiny little beachside school that was this really cool, beachy vibe school. And we came up to the, and we got here for the very last day of school at Orange Park Junior High to register for classes. And when we got there, they were letting school out early that day and there was a brawl at the bus. And I remember Will looking at me like, You ready? I'm not sure I'm ready for this. And, uh, but there's a real cost. I mean, w- w- my kids were the very first people to pray for you all. I mean, they may not even remember it, but, you know, we came up here and prayed for you. Some of you, well, I don't think there's anybody, I mean, there were, there were names, like there were future home of the Smiths, let's say. So we began praying for the Smiths because we thought, well, they're moving into this area. We should be praying for them. They may be people in our church or they need to come to know the Lord. And I'm thankful that there are some people here today that are that are, that are from that era even, um, the very, very first days of when we were sent up to Oakleaf. Um, and so, uh, but I, I do want to just thank my children for the cost, for the price. I know it's. It was real, and it, there, there's parts of that that they're still having to reconcile in their hearts. And I, that's, I mean, there, there's also a real benefit from it, and I want to say this kind of sort of so the wages kids can hear it and others who are in ministry, that there is something profoundly deep about growing up in and around the church. In fact, I have always said that if I had to hire somebody and I could hire somebody who, to work in the church who grew up in the church, like their parents worked on staff, I'd hi- they're, they're like my top priority because they get things. That, uh, you know, I mean, Matt. You know, you know, Bree. You guys who've grown up with parents in ministry, you just kind of get parts of what it means to be in it. And I just am very thankful and aware of the cost of all of this for my children. And I, and I just wanted to thank them for. There's just tons of stuff I can't even say or I can't even remember. That I can think of though, are times where I had to say no to things for them to do other things for you, and it was the right thing to do. It wasn't like it was the wrong thing to do, but I also know that it was at a cost yeah, so. and I didn't know if all of them be would be able to be here today, but they're all all four of my children are here, and that's really cool and really sacrificial. you know, my oldest will is here, He had to get up like it. Really early to be here. He's on his way to work in, in the Carolinas, so he's swinging through. So that's really awesome. He's my favorite. <laughs> so, and I want to to tie into that second thing. Um, I want to just bless you. I want to. I want to just pray a blessing because I, because I think of. Our, our goal has been to live into First Thessalonians 2.8. We love you so much. We're delighted to share with you not only gospel but our lives as well because you've become dear to us. We wanted to, we always wanted to, I always wanted to approach ministry life as family life, and I can tell you looking back on it, there's times we've failed very miserably. I, actually, you're much more aware in ministry of the times you fail because it's so intangible. You don't really always know. like, Who are we discipling well? And you're like, well, I'm not sure, you know. But you can kinda, you're you kind of profoundly aware of when it doesn't go well. Um, and, and, but So we know there have been times where we haven't really gotten, hit the mark on that. We know there's times we kind of have. We know there's times we've hit it out of the park. But that's always been the goal. And I think that's part of the continuity is that vision. I love that that the two things I care most about in ministry are on that back wall. That verse and the, the, and God's perpetual, eternal mission that he will see, through. And they're on that back wall. And so those things are deeply important to me. So I want to pray a blessing over you guys as as part as that part of that second thing. This is my second thing is just the thank you to everyone. And I can't the cool thing about the, the difficulty and the cool thing for me that about coronavirus, coronavirus has given me a great escape because I cannot do all the things in time. Like we should get together and have lunch. And there's so little that we're able to do right now that it's given me an emotional escape to not have to do the things that I probably f- want to do with you, but it will give us opportunity in the future to do that over time. And so I want to pray a blessing for those of you who aren't here that are streaming with us. Or, uh, I, I mean, I just got a text last night from a very, very dear friend, a dear brother who said, hey, we're just playing it safe because my wife might have, might she's not feeling well, could be COVID, so we're not going to be there. And that's the right decision, and so I know there's many of you who, who aren't here, who can't be here today. We and I want to bless that as well. And so let's just spend a moment and pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for the for the people throughout the years who have been so deeply impacted by our ministry, but but have impacted us even more deeply. And I think of. Uh, people who didn't know you or walk with you who were some of the first people to move, move into Oakleaf Plantation, people that were just neighbors and and became friends and family and came into right relationship with you. I think of homeless guys. And I think of people who were broken, who who were far from you and far from even people around them because of their brokenness and not... And I ask, Lord, that for all that phase, that Oakleaf Christian Fellowship phase, Lord, that those faces and names that are swirling through my head right now, that you would bless them and keep them. And that you would make your face to shine upon them. and Show them your grace, your kindness. Lord, for the Maranatha Church of Jacksonville and all of the people in between, the church, the face of the church turns over again and again and again for the people who came into have come into our ministry of late, it still involves people who are far from you and people who've been wounded and people who are in different phases of life, people who've lost other church relationships. So just the myriad, people who've moved into the area, whatever it may be, Lord. I pray your blessing. I pray that there would be a, a, a new season, a season of planting, of seeds being sown into this community where there would be significant Fruit that would be born from it. Fruit that would, be, that would look like the salvation of households and neighborhoods. But also fruit that would look like a diverse congregation that reflects the community. People from different socioeconomic backgrounds. People from different ethnic backgrounds. People who even come from other parts of the world, Lord, who don't know you, who have followed other gods or no God, who would come to know you and serve you in this place. And just pray blessing in Jesus' name. I'm sorry, Brian. I, anything you wanted to? I'm, I'm doing
1: good. <laughs> I can talk if you want.
0: the The third thing I wanted to get at is bizarrely connected to trees, and that it's just a kind of a prophetic thing. I've been thinking a lot of. I I don't know why. I don't know how it even matters, but my mind and heart have been on trees a lot lately. And it's partly because I, I don't know, I don't know how I think this way or why I think this way, but like throughout this year, that's been a big theme. We went, Brian and Kevin and I went for a hike in the woods back here. Cause I think Kevin had never been back in there at all. And we decided during COVID, we had some time, let's go do it. And we kind of walked around and Kevin found an orange tree in those woods. Give I'm giving you proper credit, Kevin, for finding the tree, even though I don't think you did. Uh, you might have seen it, and Brian got to it. So Brian is the actual, you know, he's planted the flag. But we found an orange tree in the middle of those woods that should not be there. Who knows how it got there? A, a seed, you know, got carried by a bird or something. And it it's actually big and productive, and the fruit is sweet. And um, I ended up preaching a message from that from that tree because I think it's so such a powerful metaphor of, Blooming where you're planted, and you might be in an unlikely place. And um it led me to to I, I just thought a lot about that. And the house that we are moving into that we bought in Wilmore has a massive tree, perhaps one of the biggest in Wilmore, that that a friend of mine who's an expert, he's an arborist, he works and it, doesn't know what kind of tree it is. We're trying to figure out what kind of tree it is, and it's it's pretty profound because it's it might be this kind of tree that. Uh, that uh, First Nationers uh, uh, used in a lot of ways. And so, I don't know, it's trees, you know, my heart. And and I, and I was praying this week about it, and the Lord reminded me of Jeremiah 17. This is what the Lord says, Cursed is the person who trusts in mankind. He makes human flesh his strength, and his heart turns from the Lord. He'll be like a juniper, like a bush uh, in the Arabah, in the desert, in the wastelands. He cannot see when good comes, but dwells in the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land where no one lives. So the point is, you put your trust in yourself, you put your trust in your stuff, the best you can hope for is you're going to be like a little shrub in the desert. It's going to be parched all the time and withering. I just think that's such a profound passage in Jeremiah to say that the options are clear. You've got to lean on something in life. You're standing on something, and you're leaning on something. That's what it means by trust. What are you putting your hope and your faith in? If you're putting your hope and faith in yourself or in the stuff around you that you're accumulating... Trust me, I know a lot about that right now as we're packing stuff. Um, if your trust is in that, then the best you can hope for is uh, barely hanging on in the desert, in the wilderness. But then he says, the person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is, is the Lord, that person is blessed. That's a blessing I just prayed. That person will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. It will not worry in 2020 <laughs> leading into 2021. It, will, it won't worry in times of drought. It will continue to produce fruit. And my prophetic prayer and blessing over you is that, is that you, y'all, all y'all would not worry and would continue to be fruit bearers and fruit producers. Even if you're planted for a season, even if you're planted now in a place that seems very unnatural, I feel that very much in my heart right now, that I'm being planted in a place that I don't feel is natural. Uh, But I very much feel like it's the call, the obedient call to produce fruit wherever it may be. And I found a... I'd like to attribute this to my grandf- my grandmother. I don't think I can, but it was in a book I saw that my mother, my grandmother gave to my mother and my mother gave to me. And it, and there's a saying in there, it says, we should all plant trees that we never sit under. And I, just, I Just think about that, that saying. We should all plant some trees that we never sit under. And I thought a lot about that. You know, this week as I saw that saying and about trees, I thought about, you know, I've, I've driven down the street where, where we moved. When we moved to Jacksonville, and I, I'll be honest with you, I never really, I should, probably shouldn't say this, but don't say it All right.
1: Oakleaf and Jacksonville are both great.
0: Right. So driving down the street that we lived on in, in Oakleaf, the trees that were planted there almost crossed the street in touch now, and our kids could never climb them. We never sat under those trees, really. Um, we planted a fruit tree at Journey Church immediately began to bear fruit, a massive fruit, and we it's still there. there. And we literally moved out of there thinking we should take it with us, and we didn't. Somebody had given it to us, and we've never sat under it. And now we've moved here on this property full of trees, and we've planted a bunch of trees here, and we have some trees that we're yet to plant. Some, In fact, I can't wait for the trees that are going to be planted across the front to come. They're going to be really, really cool. Including the entrance trees would be amazing, but kind of quite literally, these are trees that that I hope to help plant that I'll never sit under. And I think that's a real significant picture of life in in ministry, that you get to sow into people's lives and you get to plant things in people's lives that you don't necessarily get to sit under. I think the Apostle Paul lived his whole life this way, and I feel very much so a calling to that resonates with that. And so. Um, I guess the final part of what I want to say in that is that connects me to that missions wall which is we've been the, the missional DNA of this church has been clear from day 1. We it's hard to live it out locally all you know the, all the ways you would like to live it out but it's always been part of our DNA. I always tell people kind of half jokingly that people get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of our service we lay hands on them and commission them that their mission would be effective as they go. And we have sent a lot of people out of this church that are really awesome people that have never, never come back. They weren't sent out for a, a – the mission wasn't go and do your thing and come back. It was go. And that's always been part of the life of this church, whether it's – I think of like Aaron and Nicole, you know, going to Melbourne. I think of Pastor Gary who's here today. Uh, I think of people like the Lemares, Mark and Shauna Lemaire, who were on staff here, um, Rocky and Terry Morris, yeah, who are just across the, the, I mean, just over and over again, we've done this churches that we have incubated here. Um, there's tons of churches like Journey Church, and but probably six or eight churches that we incubated out of here that we sent out. There's a church that's meeting here now. After we finish today, a church will be here that we're helping to incubate. Um, it's always been part of our DNA. And so I was talking to some, some well, James and his brother Garrett yesterday or the day before, and we were, I was talking about this concept that our goal is to leave here, part of that continuity is to communicate that message that it's the natural order of things. That it, 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 Every single one of us, none of us is exempt from being sent by God where he wants us to go, and none of us is unqualified or disqualified. He can send anybody. He can, he can send me. It, like, it, it doesn't exclude the guy that was the founding and senior pastor for all the years, and it doesn't exclude you. Now, God may keep you here for the rest of your life, and for those, many of you, I hope he does, but it may, it may well be.
1: Is, the truth is you are sent, you just might not know how yet, you know, and that's kind of the category that Carrie and I found ourselves in, so it's not like you might be, you are. Yeah. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're sent, or you're following him, and that makes you sent, you see, so
0: anyway. No, that's not it. Not correcting you. No, that's it. It's, the, it's both you ends of the spectrum that, the, you know, to, to be a follower of Jesus means you have to follow him, but to be follow Jesus means you're sent. It's exactly right. And so my prayer is, is that as we're sent out of here, that the most provocative thing that would happen to you today is you'd have to walk out of here going, Lord, how? How am I sent? Who am I sent to reach? Is it my spouse, my children, my neighbor, my coworkers? Is it another part of the world? Uh, and how is it you're calling me to, to orient my sentness with your truth?
1: Amen. Amen. When Pastor Jeff. Called me initially, and we were talking about the church, and it all sounded fine. And he told me about this theme verse. Isn't that great? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, it's in the Bible. I mean, whatever, you know. And but he was like, he was obviously getting more out of it than I was. But if I wasn't against. It, I was like, yeah, cool. I get it, you know. And but what I can reflect on now, having practiced this for so many years, and you could have probably picked some other verse. It doesn't matter. But this is what God has highlighted, and that's why we have it on the wall. You have this. We love you so much that we delighted to share with you not only the gospel but our lives as well. And you have several pieces of this which I would say summed up into a practice of Christianity which is like, look guys, there's a million churches out there and we need like a million more probably to it once you know if we reach everybody or something like that. So it's not like we're better or worse than anybody. I mean, we're all on the same team. Some people are calling weird plays but I mean, whatever. Uh, we're not talking about that right now. But the uh, um, <laughs> the thing is When you look at these words or these components, uh, the first part of being motivated by love, that like, you know, when you talk about in the Bible, like 1 Corinthians 13 says, you can do all this awesome stuff, even like powerful God stuff, and if you don't love people, it's just just annoying. And so being motivated by love first, like uh, central to what we're doing, it's just, you can't do anything without it. But I found, like, what I meant by a practice is... As Christian people, or as anybody, you start to struggle with finding your way through life and however that is, and you run into beliefs, questions, all these sorts of things. We all know this stuff. It goes on in our heads. And you start to think you get things figured out. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I think there's a famous Mark Twain quote that says, like, it's not what you don't know that's a problem, it's what you know for certain that isn't true, (laughs) you know? But the thing is, finding a way to be a Christian person that believes in Jesus, is following Jesus, believes in the power of the Holy Spirit to move in this day, believes in the Great Commission, all these sorts of things, which is what was in my head as a a, a kid in college that was ready to like, you know. And at the same time, realize we still live in the real world here. And what I mean by real world is like you know, among us, we know that that exists, and there's like, you know, YouTube, you know, because what you can start to do is, like, in order to practice this Christianity, I think that God is calling me to, I can just, I can remove these people. I can't deal with them. They're too difficult. Or and then, uh, now this over here, I just have to, like, and slowly you start to isolate yourself, and if you keep doing it, and people do, you end up with just yourself, You're the only person who understands God. You're the only one who's got it all worked out. And you're the only one who can do anything right. And everybody else is crazy and wrong. And you're this bitter, weird person. And it's very easy to do that. Maybe not as extreme as what I just said, but in little pockets, you find this Christianity practice starting to be bitter about all sorts of things. And what I think Jeff modeled for us, and we've started to try to figure, and again, he said, we didn't always get it right, but you have to share in this whole thing. You cannot do it by yourself. There is no Christianity that is by yourself. I'm not saying you can't believe in God by yourself like the demons do. But you cannot be a Christian alone. You're a part of the body of Christ and there's sharing involved with every single bit of it. Loving-filled sharing. It requires all of us. And to find a way to practice Christianity in 2021, which is even crazier than 2003 when this whole thing started, and not just putting the blinders on and, oh, will it all work out for me because I know Jesus? And you know, forget all these other people, the 30,000 people that live in our, you know, whatever immediate vicinity that may or may not know God. Some of them are addicted to drugs. I mean, it, you put, it puts us in a very interesting position. It's both good and difficult. One is we have the answer to the world's problems that these people are crying out for, even if they don't know it. And at the same time, they don't probably want it from us most of the time. It's like an animal caught in a trap. And you're like, dude, you need my help to get out. But as you get closer, they start to be like, whoa. you know. And it's not that they're, you know, and this is nothing against anybody. Like, I get it. You know, you're, you, don't, you don't know what's going on. So, So as we live this out and we're sharing... <laughs> Half the time, they don't like it or want it or they're mean to us or they're whatever. Or they say bad things about us or they make fun of us. The kind of stuff that happened to Jesus. That's actually good. And we can take strength together and strength from the Lord to do that. And sharing the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is and why that actually matters. Practicing how to talk about that now. Now. You know, not just in ways that only made sense 50 years ago or 100 years ago or 200 years ago. Young people, you have to figure this out for yourselves. What you're struggling with, in a way, connects with what humans have struggled with since the fall of man. And in another way,
0: it's unique. You know, Brian, as we were singing today, I don't know the name of the song, the, you know, he turns graves into gardens. I was literally sitting there thinking as we were singing that, I'm tearing up singing it. That at the end of the day, that's all I really believe. Like, I believe in the power of the resurrection. Like, I struggle with so much stuff theologically. I get asked questions. Kayla sent me a Marco Polo for, from Luke and Zoe about a question they had, and I'm like, I have no idea. You know, I'll, it, 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 like, the, the questions kids have, they, are, they stump you like this theologically. But the one thing I believe with all of my heart, with not a shadow of doubt, is that in the resurrection and the power of, re, the power of a resurrection the power of resurrected life. So if you, just dis- if you just do away with all your doubts and you come before Jesus and say, I either do or don't believe in the power of your resurrection, if you can believe in resurrection, you can believe in anything. And so maybe just let go of some of the lesser doubts and, and focus on that. Do I really believe in
1: that? The thing is, I asked Kevin a Bible question this morning, and neither one of us knew the answer to it. So that's endless, you know? That's going to happen a lot that's more gonna without ha- me around here. Oh, Really? <laughs>
0: I got right. Kevin, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh gosh,
1: <laughs> I told you to read it. Read it for yourself. Whatever. No, but the um, the thing that I was thinking is when you share your lives with people, that I mean, we make jokes about going to visit our family at Christmas or Hall- or whatever Thanksgiving. Because you don't visit your family at Halloween. I don't know why I even said that. <laughs> this is going great. Um, Yeah, so when you're visiting your family at Halloween, the. uh, Jesus, (laughs) ween. If you happen to celebrate Halloween. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Um, Another change. These people are difficult. These people in your family are difficult. The people in your church family are difficult. That's part of the deal. That's living with each other, and that's how we love each other. And the, the love that we have covers a multitude of sins. We have to be the most forgiving people in the world. And here's the thing. We've got an idea. This is not unique to us. This is a Christian idea. That's why I said when Jeff told me, when he called me, he's like, yeah, that's Bible. You know, okay. Yeah. We'll share gospel in life. I'm down. You know? And as you practice that, the love, the sharing, the gospel, our lives, these are, this is what we're doing. Now, how you do that changes all the time. Okay? Sometimes you try something, it goes really bad. We've done that. We could reminisce. It's not worth going through. We were talking about some of our homeless ministry a last night. Uh, good and bad there. Uh, but the, uh, the thing is this, in a moment like now, with a significant shift happening, Pastor Jeff and Carol are not leaving in the sense of goodbye forever. They're just moving to a different place. Especially with all the technology we have, we're still going to be very connected to them. They'll still be back from time. We don't know. We'll figure out how that works. But the point is, it's not like they're standing at the edge of a cliff and they jumped off and they're, like, gone. You see what I mean? It's literally a doorway and you walk through. And you walk through willingly, not, you know, and you could run back. I mean, like, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, this is a choice. Like, I will follow you, God. And and so as we move forward living into this verse, it will take on all sorts of different forms. But I'm here to tell you, it's been taken on different forms since the beginning. That's the whole point. You could take this idea, and people do, and you go live in uh, Borneo, and you do it slightly different. That's kind of what missions is. So it's pretty easy. You can figure it out, and you're going to screw it up. We all screw it up, but it's okay. And the thing is that we start to think in a broader sense and seeing ourselves as a part of all of it, but we do want to honor. I want to move, move forward just a little bit. We do want to honor Jeff and Carol for their time that they've spent. So, leaders, why don't you come up here really quick? And then, Carol, why don't you come up here as well? We want to present Jeff and Carol with a couple things as gifts from the church. Then we're going to pray for them. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to tell everybody, just so everybody understands um, We have this missions wall, which represents missionaries that we support as a church, both financially and spiritually, which we'll get more into as we go along. But we have names on that wall, and you can check. and There's information back there. You can scan the thing and go to the website. And the last thing we're going to do at the very end of the service when Kayla plays a song, we're going to gather back in that corner. And sorry, online people, we just don't have a camera that points to this. There's a map. And I'm going to have Pastor Jeff put their name on that wall. And kind of going forward from this period... We're going to be supporting them as missionaries outside of this church. Obviously, they're always going to be connected as pastors and founding pastors and this kind of thing. But we're going to be stepping up our support of them as missionaries. And I'm have Pastor Jeff put his actual name on the wall, and that'll be the last thing we'll do as a service. You know, so um, I'll narrate it for you people online that are listening. But we do want to present a couple of things. As, as everybody remembers, we've been asking people to send in prayers and notes and and thank yous. And if you didn't do this yet. You can still send it, and I'll just forward it to Jeff as an email. But we have all these printed out for you guys to, to read as you go and things like that. I also threw a couple stickers in there just as bonus. <laughs> the, uh, we also have, we took, we've collected up a donation uh, for Pastor Jeff and Carol to give towards their move and all the stuff that comes along with that. So that will be a blessing. We also have, see now here's the thing, they're, God is sending them, and we're, they're, they're going to live out this verse as they always have as they always will, God willing, and, you know, anywhere they go. But Pastor Jeff's mind and their focus is turning to a broader, more worldwide sort of place. And I know, this is, this is I will say this, um, hold us one second, um, that I've been around a lot of pastor people, a lot. That was one reason I said no to the whole thing when they asked me. I'm like, I'm not like all those guys in the room when we hang out, you know, they talk about different stuff than I do and think differently or whatever, you know. But Jeff was also kind of not like them either, and so, and what I mean by that, this is a good thing, is that it's pastor people are really difficult to pastor, you see? Everybody needs help. Everybody needs um, pastor, everybody needs stuff. And so, but pastor people, they know the game, so they kind of put up whatever, walls and all sorts of stuff. It's like counselors, I'm sure, are really hard to counsel, and coaches are really hard to coach, and stuff like that, you know, because you know how it's done. And I've never been around anybody personally, and Gary is nodding, so I know he agrees with me, and he can vouch for this, is that I've never been around somebody that pastor's pastors better than Pastor Jeff, and it went up like a beacon. That's one reason so many of these churches started in our building is because church planning, they're dealing with like oh, am I crazy? Like, it sounds really exciting for about five minutes. And then they're like, oh, what am I doing? And they would just, it was like, a we had, I don't I was going to say bug light, but that sounds bad. But we had this beacon, <laughs> beacon's better. We had this beacon up and they would show up they're like, that guy will help me. And somehow they just knew, you know? And so I watched Pastor Jeff do that. And then we would go to some other country and People would stand up and say, and then he would stand up and say something like, oh my gosh, you just offended everyone here. But then they're all actually crying and receptive to the ministry that, you know, I was like, oh, you can't say that, you know, but you can. I just didn't know, you know, and so um, it's good, the ministry that Carol and Jeff are going to go to. And Carol <laughs> helps helps Jeff say what he's meaning to say in a lot of ways. It's just very helpful. <laughs> I didn't say that, obviously, We already, you know, but the... Uh, So it's going to, so the ministry that they're going to be going towards and going and stepping into more, it's not like they haven't been doing this, they've always been doing this, but they're going to be doing it more is going to be great and awesome, and we'll just hear great stories that come from it, and so, um, but you are from here, Jeff is very much from here, Carol's lived in Florida long enough to be from here, so we wanted to give you a few mementos to remember our fair state, and I know exactly the room you can hang that up in, Carol, Yeah. (laughs) But so, this is a print of the state of I have actually a photo of it if you want to see it. It's, it's really nice and it has all the different parts of Florida, most of which Jeff and Carol have lived in some or have some connection to. And so, but this is a little bit more for, for Carol. So, Pastor Jeff now, he's moving to a state that has basements, which is awesome. And when we were up there working a couple weeks ago, um, they'd had some lighting stuff they'd redone. And the net effect was the simplest thing to do with one thing was just to have this outlet that was in the wall, like, right here. And it was like, what is that for? And he's like, well, it's just leftover from da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, you know what that's for? And he was like, what? And I was like, a neon sign. And he was like, whoa. So, as a church, we're, I don't have it yet. I've ordered it, and it, it's going to be sent straight to their house. But I have a photo of this. We've ordered them this neon sign that Pastor Jeff can, can hang in his basement, much to the chagrin of Sam, who's actually a Patriots fan. And that's just too bad. Or you can buy your own. You can get your... What? Okay. Well, you can get a Patriots one too. It's okay.
0: That's the old legit logo from when the Dolphins were undefeated. I know. That's why we picked that 1972. one. 1972. Yeah. And I could sing the song if you want.
1: Oh, please do. He's lying. He's not going to sing. But uh, do, you have, do you have you have you have several presents here as well? Do you want to present them? You don't know what they are, Kayla. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what they are now? Yeah. Okay.
2: They're Pastor Jeff's favorite, oh, award-winning, award-winning uh, rice krispie chocolate coconut from Kayla,
1: they're which won our dessert off of you. Jeff was the judge of of you. Yeah, they're both for them. There's other things as well, right? Other floridery things.
0: Oh, those are in the car.
1: Oh, okay. She has more Florida things that she's going to give them.
0: And Is there some banana pudding in here too? Yeah, there's, there's plenty. Yeah, keep digging around. Yolanda's You'll find it. banana pudding. Brie
1: also has something for you guys. Um,
3: I tried to talk into the cup. Um, <laughs> yeah, so last week your sermon, um, you were talking about rise and shine. And I had already bought this, and all of a sudden I just felt like the Lord was like... Pff. And I thought, every morning I want to get up and look at that and think the Lord is shining upon me, you know, and um, that it's, I just wanted that for you guys so that when you go for this next year and it might be different and weird and, you know, you're being very brave, you know, and so I just thought I want you to think of that in the morning when you get up that you get to the glory of the Lord will shine upon you.
1: Does anyone else have any presents for them they want to present right now? we're going to gather around and pray like we've done before and like we'll do again. And I'm going to ask, if, if anyone wants to come forward, we're going to lay hands on them. If you guys will step to the kind of front of the, the stage and we'll all just kind of gather around and lay hands. I'm going to ask a few people to pray. And if anybody else wants to come, And Kayla, come play some song really quick. And like we said, guys, this I, I, I forgot. There's one more thing I want to do. One more thing I want to read. I said this is a threshold. This is a doorway that they're passing through. It's a necessary step. It's not jumping off a cliff. They're not flying away. You'll still be able to text them. They'll still have a 904 phone number for at least a while. <laughs> but it's a doorway we're walking through. And in a sense, it's a doorway our entire church is walking through. And it's a doorway we're all walking through. And there's a poem I want to read. It's a little bit long, but I'll read it myself just because I'm going to. And it's actually from a church in London. I believe a, 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 the pastor of the church is named Pete Hughes, and the church is called... King's Cross Church is a part of London, and I think I got this off a podcast. I think uh, a member of his church wrote it, so I don't know their name, but it's called Threshold, and it's about this type of thing. So we're going to read this over them, but over our church and over us as individuals as well. Then I'm going to invite people to come forward and pray, okay? So Threshold. Threshold moments are equally beautiful and terrifying. They have the capacity to make or break the vision. As you stand on the cusp of everything you've dared hope for, you survey the land that now lies before you, your eyes tracing the intricate shapes that settle on the horizon too, too good to imagine. This is what has been stirring for so long. This is what has been the cry of your heart for years. This is what has been hidden deep down. But now here it is. That first glance of dreams turned to reality within reach, right before your eyes, so nearly there. And as you stand there on the threshold of everything you've ever dared dream about, with that cocktail of excitement and fear arising in equal measure, the other voice kicks in, that one that gently tells you to take a step back from the threshold. It whispers to you that passing through that door will have its costs. It's too good to be true. Or even worse, that the, even worse, what lies in front of you is all a mirage, and you'd be foolish to walk through. It'll disappear as soon as you enter. It's better to survey the land from, a, from the doorway, to distance yourself just in case, to stand at the threshold just watching. It's better to quietly let the dream die now before sacrifices are made, bridges are burned, and there's no safe way back threshold moments have a power many see them as the end of a long journey they finally glimpse what their hearts have longed for but they stop exhausted and find themselves settling in the doorway to all they've settling in the doorway to all they've hoped for never actually crossing through and taking hold of it tired and exhausted they find contentment in their reasoning that they've made it this far, they can see it in the distance, but the truth is, these threshold moments are just the start of the adventure. They're only just the beginning. So step in, take courage. You have been called for such a time as this. So come forward if you would like to pray and lay hands on them. So Father, we pray that you would bless Pastor Jeff and Carol for such a time as this, that you would strengthen them, that you would bring strength to their bodies, strength to their hearts strength to their minds, clarity to the words they think, to the words they speak to each other. I pray for grace as they travel. I pray for peace in their family. I pray for vision. I pray for financial support. I pray for spiritual support. I pray for your grace to move forward. I pray for your hand a blessing to be present. I pray for your voice to be loud in their ear. I pray for your uh, sense, sense of your presence like never before. And I just ask that you would move mightily in their lives, in their home, in their family, in this church, and in their ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. It
2: says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair, and they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for <laughs> the spiritual parents that we have before us, Lord, for Jeff and Carol, Lord, for their fathering and their mothering in this community for so long, Lord, that they have been trees to <laughs> us little acorns, Lord, and thank you, Lord, that they have uh, taught us well, Lord, and that they have um, sacrificed so much, Lord, to father us, Lord, and to, to mother us, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for their their sacrifice, and, I, and it Jeff, I'm picturing this. <laughs> it's kind of silly, but I don't know if it means anything to you. A, a, a piñata and just how a piñata gets <laughs> beaten up. But because of the brokenness of the piñata, uh, the candy falls upon the children. And the children pick it up and they benefit from that. And so I, I thank you, Lord, that you have used, Lord, the uh, the, the, the hardships and the persecutions that uh, the Hendersons have faced, Lord, to, to benefit this community for so long, Lord, and to plant seeds, Lord, and to, to, to help us, Lord, afterwards now to, to grow, Lord. And so I thank you so much for their faithfulness, Lord. I thank you so much, Lord, for, for you putting your spirit inside of them so that they could be faithful in being righteous trees to, their, to this community, Lord. I thank you so much for their lives in Jesus' name.
4: Thank you, Jesus, for choosing us to be part of your church and be part of your plans on Earth. I want to thank you because you chose Pastor Jeff and Carl, and thank you because they're here in starting in Jacksonville in Orange Park, Cokeliff, and they're in, impacting so many lives here. Thank you because you chose them. And I really believe that if we're here in Orange, it's because you have a, a goal for us. It's not finished. You have new ways. And I want to pray to prepare. Your way, prepare the way that they're going to go. Prepare everything with your spirit, with your holy spirit. And you'll be upon, upon them with your glory, with your power, your faith, your wisdom. So they can continue preparing your way, your kingdom here in earth. Amen.
3: Father, I just thank you for Jeff and Carol. I thank you, God, for... They're pastoring their, um, as Kevin said, their spiritual parentage to us. I thank you, Lord, for the challenges that, um, that we've been given, challenged to live our lives more holy um, because of the word that has come forth from this pulpit, um, challenged to keep going and not give up. I thank you, Lord, for their direct influence in my life and my family's life. Lord, I ask you to just continue to bless them as they continue to run the race with grace and mercy. I thank you, Lord, for their testimony and all the lives that they have touched in this community and all the lives that they're going to touch throughout all the places that they will go. I thank you, Jesus, um, that they have been a part of our journey here. I ask you to bless them in Jesus' name.
5: Dear Lord Jesus, um, my family wouldn't be here today without Carol and Jeff. We didn't just come broken, we came mortally wounded. And they loved us, and they didn't expect anything out of us but to pour their love into our family, Lord, in so many ways. Thank you isn't enough. But, God, we know you put us in this place. And I know they've not only done that for us, but they've done that for others, Lord God. And that we can stand here today, Lord, and say I'm, I'm no longer mortally wounded, that you have healed us, Lord, and you've healed us through this church and with Jeff and Carol, Lord God. And I just ask that you would bless them as they continue, Lord, what you have for their lives, Lord God. And I thank you for the friendship, Lord, that you have given us and others through them. And we just ask that you would bless them and and the kids, Lord, as their children, Lord, um, are not all in the same place, Lord, that you would bless each and and every one of them and the ministries that you have for them too, Lord God. We just thank you in Jesus' name.
0: And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Father, we thank you for Jeff and Carol, and today we release them to the work of the kingdom for the sake of all nations, in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. So now we're going to gather into the back corner while Kayla sings a song, and I'm going to have Pastor Jeff pin their name to the wall. And that will conclude the service. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, and bring you peace, in Jesus' name. Amen
4: your and I'll take a photo for you
1: people online
4: ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my